It has now been several years since Abram received a promise from God that a great nation would come from him and that it would come from his own offspring. One Bible commentator said that chapter 15 of Genesis is the most important chapter theologically in the whole story of Abraham because it asks the question, when how does one trust the promise when evidence, everything, all the evidence about the promise seems to be going against it? How does one trust the promise when all the evidence against the promise seems to be going against it? Faith is not easy. And if anyone has told you that faith is all Christian sunshine, they're wrong. Faith oftentimes struggles. The author and he's also a farmer in Kentucky, Wendell Berry, said that faith implies skepticism. Faith implies doubt. And he said, faith is not the result of an empirical study. So I would think that people of faith would always be involved in some kind of maintenance to shore it up. Sometimes it's easy to have faith and sometimes it isn't. The world as it operates today isn't made to preserve it. Abram becomes skeptical. His faith needs some maintenance. Maybe your faith needs some shoring up as well. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. Paul's letter to the Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. Here Paul writes about Abram. Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Let's pray. God, help me to break bread to feed your people this morning. Use my hands and my voice, but may it be by your power. Amen. Two different times in the text in Genesis this morning, it says the word of the Lord came to Abram. And the first time it says the word came as a vision to Abram, something he saw. Uh, God gave visions to his prophets, Jeremiah and Isaiah. God gave a vision to the apostle John, which gives us the book of Revelation. That was a vision. Uh, God came in a vision to Peter one day when he was up on the roof praying. But whether through visions or whether through speaking, Abram heard a voice. What was it that Abram heard? Uh, we can be very skeptical of people who hear voices today. Oh, you heard a voice. Sometimes we medicate them or we institutionalize them. Um, and it's true, some people have done terrible, terrible things because they say they heard a voice. 
Sometimes people in church, uh, in Christian circles, will say that they heard the Lord speak to them, but they do it with such commonness and they do it with such frequency that it's just empty of meaning anything. When it's too common and it's too obvious, be suspicious. Uh, Sometimes people say, well, the Lord spoke to me, and what they have claimed to have heard is so contradictory to the love and grace of Jesus that we have to wonder really hard. Just because someone says they hear the Lord doesn't mean that they've heard the Lord. But just because someone closes their mind to the possibility of the Lord speaking doesn't mean that the Lord isn't speaking either. Abram hears a voice. He would not have left his people and he would not have left his family and he would not have left his country if he had not. We would not have the nation of Israel if Abram had not, left, Abram had not heard a voice. The gospel would not have come about if Abram had not heard that voice. People have heard the voice in the Bible and throughout history since then, and they have done great and mighty things in the name of God. No journey of faith can take place until there is a hearing of that voice that says, leave, that says, believe, that says, follow, that says, commit, that says, come with me. That's the only way a journey of faith begins. We're not told how Abram hears the voice. We're not told what it's like. He just did and he acted. For those who think that there is a rational answer to every question in our lives and every question in the universe, this thinking about God speaking to us is very difficult. Even people who claim to walk by faith often don't think that the Almighty would do that to any of us. God spoke through prophets. God speaks through the scriptures. God speaks most clearly through his son, Jesus Christ. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. Jesus one time said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. I think that principle is still true for us today, that the Holy Spirit speaks to those who are ready, who are willing, and who are trying to hear, who have the ears to hear. And we get it from God as we are able to receive it, as God wants to give it. God still speaks. John Henry Newman, the Roman Catholic uh, priest and leader in the 19th century, said, God speaks forthrightly in larger and broader ways than Abraham could ever have imagined. He is still here. He still whispers to us. He still makes signs to us. But his voice is too low, and the world's din is too loud. And his signs are so covert, and the world is so restless that it is difficult to determine when he addresses us and what he says. But Abram was not so loud and so restless that he couldn't hear. And God speaks to him. And the first thing he says in chapter 15 is, Abram, do not be afraid. Why would he say to Abram, do not be afraid? Because maybe Abram is afraid? Walking by faith can be scary. And the Lord tells Abram, I am your shield. I am your shield. Phil's modern translation, Abram, I've got your back. 
The Lord is Abram's protection, his shield of faith, perhaps of his heart as well as of his life. You know, it's interesting in Ephesians 6 where Paul talks about the armor of God. He also links shield with faith. He speaks of the shield of faith. Faith doesn't come easy. We get attacked. We get attacked by doubts. We get attacked by the adversary. We get attacked by skepticism, by the irrational things that our imaginations can work up sometimes. But the Lord is a shield, and he surrounds those who place their faith in him. The Lord also tells Abram that his reward will be very great. But Abram is wondering about this, and he takes it up with the Lord, because the Lord has promised him offspring, and he still has no children. The closest thing that Abram is going to get or has to a son right now is a slave boy in his house named Eliezer. How can I know? Abram asks. And isn't that the question of faith? How can I know? It's not coming easy for Abram. He is experiencing a crisis of faith. And that's when the voice speaks again and renews the promise that Abram will have a son. Yes, it will come from him. Yes, it will belong to him. And if he can count the stars, that's how vast his children will be. And then it says this, Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord credited it to him as righteousness. Believe, right there, and faith are the same word in the Hebrew language. Believe is the verb form. Faith is the noun form. Abram puts his trust in the Lord. This is the only time the word believe, the word faith, appears in the entire story of Abram. Abram is married. His wife is Sarai. And skipping to the 16th chapter, it has been 10 years since that voice called Abram to leave Canaan. And Sarai thinks the Lord is taking too long. So she takes matters into her own hands. I wonder if Sarai has a sense of responsibility. I wonder if she's growing a little bit impatient with this faith thing. So she orders, she orders Abram to go sleep with her servant, Hagar, thinking that maybe she can build a family in this way. Maybe this is how the child that they're supposed to have is going to come. Sarai is very much in control in this whole thing. Uh, it says she took Hagar and gave her to Abram. Well, her plan works, and Hagar gets pregnant, and then Sarai gets mad at Abram, and she gets mad at Hagar. Then Sarai said to Abram, you're responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now she knows she's pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between me and you. Whose plan was this? I know some guys are thinking right now. Some guys are thinking. I've been there. I did what she told me to do, and then she said it was wrong the whole time. I've been there. It says, Abram said, your servant is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think best. And then Sarai mistreated Hagar. And so Hagar fled from her. How dare Sarai? Ah, but don't start pointing the finger at her. 
don't start pointing the figure at her MOPC. Because when faith isn't working out for us, we can get just as angry and we can get just as irritable and we start blaming everything and everyone around us for how it's going with us and why it's not happening and we just take no responsibility for our anger. We can do that too. Abram and Sarai can no longer wait in faith and they take matters into their own hands because God helps those who help themselves. Right? Wrong. God helps those who will have faith in him. There's an interesting comment in Mark's gospel about something in Jesus' life, in Jesus' hometown. It says Jesus could not do many miracles there. He could only lay his hand on a few and heal them. It says, and he was amazed at their lack of faith. He was amazed at their lack of faith, and Jesus was unable to do much. I am sure there have been times in my life when because of my lack of faith, Jesus has been able to do a work. When it isn't working out like we want it to, I suppose we can get angry. But maybe we just need to settle down and work on this faith thing. We read Galatians 3 because there, Paul, the Apostle Paul in that letter, comments on Genesis 15, 6 and, and Abram's life and this faith and what God did for him. And he says, you know what? If we have faith and believe in the Lord, we become descendants of Abram too, and we are blessed along with him. But Romans chapter 4 is Paul's big sermon and longer commentary on this time in Abram's life. Paul's letter to the Romans is all about what it means to be right with God and how we do that. We've spent some time in Romans. We know that. Take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 4, verses 3, 4, and 5. And look at Paul's comment on Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, and what he says about this. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one who without works trusts him who justifies the ungodly. Such faith is reckoned as righteousness. Or hear it in the message. This really made it even more clear for me as I read that this week. What we read in Scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. And that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that it's something only God can do, and you trust Him to do it, you could never do it for yourself no matter how hard and long you worked. Well, that trusting Him to do it is what gets you set right with God by God. Sheer gift. Now Abram ended up trusting Sarai more than the Lord, didn't he? But he still considered right with God. Why? Because he believed. It wasn't perfect belief, but I don't know that any of us have perfect belief. 
were kind of like the man who came to Jesus and said, is it possible for you to heal my son? And Jesus said, everything is possible for those who have faith. And the man said, I have faith. Help me where I don't have faith. I believe. Help my unbelief. And Abram has some of that. Faith isn't easy. And Abram, well, his faith isn't without struggle. And it's not disturbance. His faith is a hard-fought and deeply argued conviction. Abram believed, but such belief doesn't mean, well, everything is going to turn out well. Belief doesn't mean everything in my life is going to be all peace and comfort. Belief doesn't mean that it's just all going to add up right in my life. If that's what you think, you're believing an illusion. You're not believing God. And then people mature, and they grow up, and difficulties come, and they find they really had faith in themselves and in their own ideas, not in God and outside of themselves, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham's faith is responding to the promises of a God who has known who he knows. You know, the Lord tells us things like he loves us. He tells us that he wants what's good for us in our lives. He tells us that he cares for us. Um, says many things to us. But then health fails or death steals or struggles come or it could be just some, something as simple as the car breaks down and we begin to wonder, don't we? We really begin to wonder. If your faith is going through a mini crisis, or maybe it's going through a big crisis right now, I'm not going to tell you to try harder. I'm going to tell you to let go and let God. Let Him. Leave it to him. That in itself is an act of faith. Sometimes the crisis comes because we're trying to control. And we can't see where it's going to end and we're not sure, but we've got to trust him. And the good news is that God will do it. It isn't up to you or me. We can never do it for ourselves, no matter how long or how hard we work. We have to trust him. Can we trust him? There's the Sarai option. Hey, we can do this on our own. Or there's the Romans 4 option that says only God can do it. I leave it with him. Remember the Lord's original call to Abram in chapter 12? And he said again and again, I will bless you. I will make for you. I will do this. I will. I will. I will. It's God's responsibility. We may not know how, but God does. Now, if you read Romans 4, you get, as I said, Paul's long sermon, his long commentary on Abram's life in this time. And just like any good sermon, there needs to be a connection for where we are now. So Paul ends this way in Romans 4. He says, Now the words it was reckoned to him were written not for Abram's sake, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. It was written for our sake as well, not just Abraham's experience. 
our experience might not be to have a child late in life and become leader of a father of many nations. That's not our experience. But we are asked to believe in God's forgiveness of us, in the cross of Christ and that he rose from the dead for us. We are asked to believe that he accepts us and that we're made right with him based on what Christ did, and we have nothing to prove. We are asked to believe that the purpose of our life is found in a relationship with him. We are asked to believe that he is with us. But some days it's hard to hold on to that, isn't it? And just like Wendell Berry said, our faith needs shoring up. It needs maintenance because we easily lose sight of the promises of God. And it is so easy to forget that he is control, in control and that he's leading our lives. Our faith needs shoring up and maintenance. Our faith needs the maintenance of Sunday worship. Our faith needs shoring up and strengthening with the body of Christ. Our faith needs maintenance with reading the word and hearing the word and finding out how it addresses our life. Our faith needs shoring up with the songs we sing, with praying by ourselves and with one another, with sacraments. Our faith needs shoring up with challenges that help us exercise and build up our faith. Abram heard the voice and received the vision. We may not hear the voice Abram heard, but we do have Jesus Christ, the Word of God. We have heard and we have seen Him. And along with Him and all the benefits I just mentioned, the Holy Spirit takes that and that's what He uses to stir and to strengthen and to grow our faith. So keep walking. Keep journeying in faith. Believe God and that he will work for us. That's what he wants us to do. And then God will credit it to us by declaring that we are right with him. Let's pray. God of Abraham and Sarai, we long for a faith that withstands the doubts and the uncertainties and the difficulties that we face. We can't do it ourselves, so we ask that you would help us. We know the place to put our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, in his life for us, in his cross for us, in his resurrection for us, in his purposes for us, in his coming again for us. So give us faith to see beyond touch and sight, beyond what we can feel and sense right now. Give us faith to see beyond that to your kingdom, to the things that you're doing. And where our vision fails, help us to trust your love that never fails. Amen.